this is Catherine welcoming you to the 2364th edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper, dateline the 2nd of November 2023. The readers this week are Catherine, Roz, Denise, Angela and Bambos, with Hass and Dem on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon, Harry Brewer, and performed by Jean-Jacques Perry, and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent, the Enfield Dispatch, and are their copyright. For the week beginning 6th of November, the sunrise time is 0702, and the sunset time is 1625. We also have some special notices from Enfield Vision and Enfield Home Library Service. Um, Before I read those out, I want to give you a very special apology from all of us here at the Enfield Talking Newspaper, and it hasn't happened for a very, very good number of years. There was no recording last week, and this is due to issues beyond our control. It wasn't because it was Halloween. It wasn't anything spooky or ghostly. I wish it had been. Um, You may not... No, maybe you can hear the difference, but we're in a new room today. So you're coming, you're you're hearing us echoing beautifully, speaking and enunciating perfectly. Um, So we're in a lovely new room and we couldn't get into this lovely new room last week. So that's the only reason you haven't had it, which to us was a big deal. So we're really sorry about that. Um, Going to our special notices this week then, we've got the Enfield Home Library Service. Did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you and there is no charge. The home library is run in conjunction with the Royal Voluntary Service who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audiobooks on CDs and large print titles. There are also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content, so we can help you get to grips with borrowing ebooks or audiobooks from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, call Shauna Tevan on 0726 511 094. That's 07826 511094. And our second notice comes to you from Enfield Vision. We are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with a specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bush Hill Park, Enfield. And don't forget our exercise classes are now running again. 
And we've got one more date left for you for 2023. So please do not forget to get there. Please do not come up with any excuses. It's Thursday, the 16th of November. That's the last one this year. Thursday, the 16th of November. For further information, please contact Enfield Vision on 020-8373-6260. That's 020-8373-6260. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane de Jersey on 07899-854-582. That's 07899-854-582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now, Roz will lead will read the lead story. Man threatens to follow after approach. A man allegedly threatened to follow a woman despite her pleas to leave her alone after he crossed train tracks to approach her at a station. Video posted to social media appears to show a man harassing a woman at Bruce Grove Station despite repeated requests to stop. British Transport Police say they believe the incident took place shortly before 10pm on Friday, October the 20th. Detectives were said to be aware of the video and are now investigating a report of sexual harassment at the station. In the footage, a man appears to cross the tracks to speak to a woman who is waiting on the platform. The woman, who cannot be seen, is repeatedly heard asking the man to leave her alone, seemingly calling out to someone else at the station to help her. When no one intervenes, she tells the man to stay away. He retorts, let me chat. And the woman replying, no, I don't want to chat with you. She adds, I don't want to chat to you. I don't know who you are. The man replies, if you act up, I'll follow you. Let me say my part. Who, why are you acting like this? As the woman films herself, it appears to leave, she appears to leave the station. The man can also be heard threatening to take her phone. The British Transport Police spokesman said, no one should have to put up with this sort of behaviour in the rail network and we take all reports of sexual harassment very seriously. Commenting on the incident, Haringey Council leader, Councillor Perey Ahmet said, I was absolutely appalled to see the footage shared on social media of this, hor- of this terrifying harassment and of verbal abuse and suffered by one of our residents at, at Bruce Grove Station. I would like to express my solidarity with the victim and anyone who has been affected by this issue. We are supporting British Transport Police with their investigation into this incident and I urge anyone with information to come forward so we can make sure this individual is brought to justice. British Transport Police have said that inquiries into the incident are ongoing and have appealed to anyone with any information to contact them by texting 61016 or calling 0800 40 50 40. That's 0800 40 50 40. And now we have an item about A10 car meets and speeding. 
car meets could be banned across Enfield following calls for action from residents whose lives have been blighted by noise and dangerous driving. The council is planning to expand its current public space protection order, PSPO, against car meets to cover the whole borough rather than specific designated areas, with a consultation on the proposal set to start this month. PSPOs work by banning nuisance behaviour in public spaces, with those caught breaking the rules liable to face fines or prosecution. In the short term, new bollards and concrete blocks have been installed at the car park of Coliseum Retail Park beside the A10 dual carriageway to prevent it being used by drivers performing dangerous stunts. It comes on top of measures previously implemented by Transport for London, TfL, which included installing average speed cameras along a section of the A10 between the M25 and Southbury Road. But during a public meeting last month, one of two to discuss the topic in the space of a week, residents and councillors called for further measures to crack down on speeding drivers with modified exhausts who have been causing noise pollution and endangering residents for years. James Hockney, a Bushill Park ward councillor who has long campaigned on the issue, drew up an eight-point charter designed to stop the problems. It calls on the council to seek an injunction against illegal car cruising and meets, deploy antisocial behaviour officers and mobile CCTV to hotspots, amend the PSPO to cover the whole of the borough, and take enforcement action against car park owners who fail to install security measures. The Charter also urges TfL to introduce noise cameras along the A10, roll out average speed cameras from Southbury Road to Great Cambridge Junction, and bring back the enhanced police resources of City Hall's Vision Zero operation. During the meeting, residents gave accounts of how car meets and dangerous driving had affected their lives. Louise, who lives in Edmonton, said speeding cars and noise had been a problem for 17 years and were getting worse, causing her sleepless nights. She said the borough-wide injunction was a great idea to prevent illegal car meets and called on councillors to work together to deal with the problems and listen to the people of Enfield. Mike, a driving instructor who specialises in disability tuition, said his car had been hit 35 times during the 17 years he had been teaching. He added, we get tailgated constantly. We see the most stupid and reckless driving. What makes it worse is that as a disability instructor, I teach people that have to use adaptions, which if they're not used, used to them, they will hit the wrong pedal and hand control and things do go horribly wrong. Representatives from the Metropolitan Police and TfL attended the meeting and were questioned by the public. Inspector Richard Lee from the Met Police said only two of his 15 officers were trained to drive on blue lights and Enfield was at a disadvantage because it is halfway between two garages. He agreed with the need for a covert approach but said he didn't have the resources to do it. 
Rob Varney from TfL said speed and noise cameras were some of the things we can look at and added, I will continue to work with our policing team and hopefully we will find some solutions. A separate meeting was convened by Enfield North MP Ferriel Clark in conjunction with local resident Joy Cowley-Smith. The Labour MP said, Since becoming Enfield North MP, I have received hundreds of complaints from residents regarding the hugely disruptive car meet-ups and dangerous races taking place on and around the A10. I personally agreed to chair another meeting in six to 12 months' time if we have not seen progress, and we all agreed we need to see more stop and spot checks on all modified cars driving in the borough. And this story is uh, about Enfield Council's financial situation. Council leadership confident of balancing next budget. The Labour administration at Enfield Council insists it is confident it can balance its budget despite fears of bankruptcy being raised by opposition Conservatives. The council is now one of the most indebted local authorities in the country, but the leadership at Enfield Civic Centre has moved to downplay speculation it might have to issue a Section 114 notice effectively declaring bankruptcy after several other councils with large debts either issued such notices or warned they were close to doing so. A spokesperson for Enfield Council said there was no evidence to suggest it was close to issuing a Section 114 after the subject was raised by the leader of the Conservative group at full council meeting. Councils that have uh, recently issued Section 114 notices, which bar them from making new spending commitments, include Birmingham, Croydon, Thurrock and Woking. Havering in East London also recently announced it was on the verge of doing so. Faced with a projected £39 million budget gap for the 2024-25 financial year, caused largely by higher inflation, borrowing costs and soaring demand for temporary housing, Enfield Council recently proposed several new cuts in a bid to balance the books. Among the proposals is a significant reduction to a scheme set up to help the most vulnerable residents with their council tax payments, which Labour had pledged to retain at its current level in its election manifesto last year. During September's full council meeting, Conservative opposition leader Alessandro Giorgio warned a Section 114 notice will come at some point, adding, we can play the blame game or we can take the decisions today to mitigate that and to ensure that our residents in the future will not be carrying a significant council tax burden. Responding to the speculation, uh, a council spokesperson said, like all local authorities, Enfield Council is having to make difficult decisions due to budget challenges caused by inflation and government cuts, but we are confident we will balance our budget. There is no evidence to suggest that we are close to a Section 114 situation that other councils have experienced. A recent LGA, that's Local Government Association, uh, peer review found our budget was in a robust position and we have always been prudent. We will continue to invest in Enfield and our services to make a cleaner, greener and safer borough. Councillor Giorgio stood by his comments, however, citing the council's high debt, extreme uh, levels of borrowing at Meridian Water and failures 
to council-owned company uh, Energetic, he said a Section 114 notice was inevitable. Councillor Giorgio's Conservative colleague James Hockney, who is a shadow cabinet member for finance, added, the path that the Enfield Labour Council chose puts them at significant risk of bankruptcy. Enfield Conservatives repeatedly warned Enfield Labour uh, on the risks of high borrowing for years. They ignored these risks, and now we are the 10th most indebted council in England. Step-free access plans for Palmer's Green Station Proposal for lifts submitted to Council. Plans to provide step-free access at Palmer's Green Station have been submitted to Enfield Council. The proposals involve installing lifts and walkways to create an accessible route at the station in Alderman's Hill, which is described as being of central importance to the development of the suburb. Work on the station is set to begin at the end of this year and be completed mid-2024. The plans, drawn up by Network Rail, would provide 16-person lifts to each platform, which would be linked to the existing station building by two raised covered walkways featuring resting places to meet the needs of disabled and older people. CCTV and lighting would be installed to minimise the potential for crime and antisocial behaviour and maximise the safety of all users. To create the new access routes, Network Rail is proposing some minimal changes to the internal layout of the existing station building and platform kiosk. These include altering the landing area at the top of each staircase to provide access to the lift lobbies and installing colour-compliant handrails across the full flight of stairs. Work would also be carried out in the station car park to provide dropped curbs next to disabled parking bays. Palmer's Green Station was opened in 1871 and is located within the Lakes Estate Conservation Area. Although it's not listed as a listed building, the plans acknowledge that it has its historical significance as well as architectural value. To preserve its character, the front of the station would be left completely untouched, with all works taking place to the rear of the building. The materials and new walkways would be integrated into the site using materials to match the existing structures. The plans add, the lift structures will be viewed quite properly as modern additions to the existing station but do not detract from its character nor from the character of the conservation area. The proposals can be viewed by visiting Enfield Council's planning portal. All about town. In our latest councillor's column, Conservative Emma Supple explains how the community in Enfield Town is pulling together to tackle antisocial behaviour. For me, as a Conservative, I believe in free choice and using the money in your pocket to support local businesses. As an Enfield resident of many years now, I have always tried to buy local. 
I shop in SJ Smith, the organic butchers, and try as much as possible to buy my fruit and veg from Paul and Audrey in Enfield Town Market. Holt White's Bakery is a treasure in Enfield and now has a second shop in Palmer's Green. I make sure to shop in Pearson's as much as I can as well, especially now as it celebrates 120 years in Enfield Town. However, there is a more challenging side to Enfield Town and we all need to pull together to tackle it. The issue is crime and antisocial behaviour. We have several schools in the area whose pupils congregate in the town centre at the end of the school day and I'm very pleased to be taking part in the community patrol set up by Emma Rigby from Love Your Doorstep. Recently, patrol volunteers like myself were welcomed at New Scotland Yard and given police community awards to recognise our service to Enfield, contributing to a reduction in crime levels, making our high street safer. This was a real accolade to those people who saw that there was an issue and stepped in. The patrol is always in need of volunteers, and it is a pleasant and positive way to spend an hour or so. I have made Enfield my home and have raised my three children here. I also run businesses here. We recently moved to new premises in London Road, which has been fantastic for visibility. I have a great team of podiatrists and assistants who help me run supple feet. I've also been Brown Owl of the Second Enfield Brownies Group for over 25 years, and in doing so, I have had the privilege of watching young women grow and flourish and become owls themselves. We were the first pack to go on holiday after the end of the COVID-19 restrictions and we never gave up on the girls all the way through lockdown. Many packs had to close, but ours has thrived. Everywhere I go, I see some of my old brownies and that gives me great joy. My work as a local councillor has focused on health scrutiny and this has been a fascinating insight into areas other than foot care. I've been appointed as the trustee for the Belling Education Foundation, supporting the advancement of education, in particular electrical engineering and electronics. The charity provides grants to enable persons to take advantage of such educational facilities. Do apply via the website link at Enfield Council for 2024 funding. Most recently, Enfield Mayor Suna Herman and I were invited to our twin town, Gladbeck, in Germany. It was great to join their Apple Festival, and work is underway to welcome them back to Enfield in 2024. And here's the point in the recording where I wish I'd eaten my supper before I'd come here. It's local food critic Neil Lipman enjoying a tasty Thai meal at the meeting bar and restaurant. The population of Enfield is around 330,000 people. So considering there are almost 2,000 Thai restaurants in the UK, including a large number of those in London, it's surprising this borough only has three places exclusively serving this popular cuisine. Of the three in Enfield, one is well-regarded Val's Thai pop-up at the Hot Poles and another is a takeaway in Ponder's End, but a welcome surprise for me was the meeting bar and restaurant in Southbury Road near Cineworld Cinema, which I visited one evening, formerly operating as the Southbury, 
a hotel and pub serving Thai food, the venue changed its name to the meeting in 2013 to focus on its food offering. Today, the interior boasts an authentic Thai decor with dark wood and features images from temples set off by screens and animal statues. It was very busy the evening I visited. If on a Tuesday you were asked if you booked, you know it's going to be good. I was seated at the only free table next to a dividing wall from the main dining area and soon realised it might be a better experience to turn up with a few friends next time. I ordered a starter of Plam Yuk Yang, which is a charcoal squid with a spicy chilli dipping sauce and a singar beer. The starter was decorated with a carrot sculpted in the form of a butterfly, which was a surreal touch. The dipping sauce was one of the hottest I've ever tasted, which was followed by an immediate order of tap water. I could still taste the heat during the main course. Perhaps it would be sensible to add another couple of those chilli symbols onto the menu to warn other diners. The menu is extensive and covers traditional ground, with green and red curries and the thicker-style musaman curries with potato and roasted peanut sauces. They serve a wide range of regional dishes, including fried rice with crab meat, deep-fried fish balls, laksa-style soups, as well as a lot of seafood options and vegetarian and vegan dishes. However, the menu says there are all no gluten-free options. I opted for a main dish of stir-fried duck with peppers and onion in a rich tamarind sauce. Fortunately, it had no chilli symbols next to it on the menu and was accompanied by a side order of coconut rice. From the lively atmosphere, I think it would be a great place for groups to share dishes and my only regret was not being able to try more dishes as I was dining on my own. But what I ate was very good and I will be sure to make a return visit soon. Starters are priced from £7.99, main dishes from £10.95, and the set meals start at £25 per person. They also serve a Thai hot pot menu from £15.95 and £7.95 for children under 120 centimetres, so here's hoping I'll take a tape measure next time. Now, the meeting bar and restaurant can be found at 253 Southby Road, Enfield, EN1, 1RG. Enjoy. And now we have an article entitled Enfield is Blooming Marvellous. Vicky Pite from Enfield in Bloom reflects on another great year for the borough's growers and gardeners. Enfield is deservedly known for its green spaces, its nurseries and garden centres at Cruise Hill and is admired for the friends who dedicate hours to maintaining our beautiful parks. Less celebrated are the Enfield gardeners and horticulturists who improve our environment with their vibrant garden displays and by providing the urban habitats important for pollinators, bugs, worms and pond life. Enfield in Bloom is now in its 44th year, is a well-established community organisation that applauds the contribution of gardeners and horticulturists to our quality of life and the environment through its annual gardening competition, the Enfield in Bloom Awards. 
It's also one of a handful of town in bloom groups in London, so it's an important part of Enfield and London's heritage. It's a testament to the commitment of our volunteers and many loyal sponsors that, despite setbacks like COVID-19, cuts to local authority financial support and the challenges of extreme weather, competition entries continue to rise every year and their quality is undiminished. There are many competition categories sponsored by local businesses or community groups who are committed to supporting our efforts to improve the environment. The variety allows everyone to enter and includes front gardens, residential streets, communal gardens, wildlife gardens and meadows, small gardens, window boxes and balconies, allotments and innovative growing spaces, truly something for everyone. Judging is done by our team of judges who are volunteers and travel the length and breadth of Enfield in June, personally visiting each entry. Hard work, but inspirational. Arguably, the most uplifting category is school grounds with an environmental aspect. This year there were five entries, all of which gained gold awards. Reading the judges' comments and seeing the photographs, it's not difficult to see why. Whether the schools are in heavily urbanised or rural areas, they enhance children's learning by giving them responsibility for creating their own gardens and wildlife habitats, for planting and seed collection. The schools enrich their curriculum by providing the hands-on experience that inspires a love of nature, respect for the environment and an understanding of sustainability. The children and young people grow food for their own kitchens, organise plant sales and make compost, a lesson for us all. Hats off, therefore, to the dedicated teaching and non-teaching staff at Tottenhall Infant School, Grange Park Primary School, Brettonham Primary School, Prince of Wales Primary School and Oak Tree School. Enfield in Bloom supports schools and friends of park groups with small grants to help them sustain our precious environments. The Enfield in Bloom competition is free and each entry is judged on its own merit, so there are over a 100 awards given out. All amateur gardeners are welcome to participate and the winners are invited to our awards ceremony held every October. At present, we are looking for volunteers for the Enfield in Bloom committee, especially if you have some computer skills to help with all the administration involved. New cafes proposed at three borough parks. New cafes could be opened at three local parks after Enfield Council invited expressions of interest from potential caterers. The offer to create new food and drink venues at Enfield Playing Fields in Southbury and Edmonton's Jubilee Park and Pimps Park comes as the council also seeks to find new operators for existing park cafes that were closed suddenly in September. The cafes at Trent Park, Whitewebs Park, Town Park and Oakwood Park all closed on the same day in September when enforcement action was taken against the leaseholder following a contract breach which the dispatch understands amounted to thousands of unpaid rent. 
Now the council is inviting catering companies to apply to reopen and run each of the four closed cafes, but it is also promising the potential for three new venues as part of the Labour administration's commitment to open more cafes across the borough. A spokesperson said Enfield Council is currently advertising for applications for four park cafes and is working as quickly as possible to review and accept applications from potential new operators. We are also advertising for three new cafes in Jubilee and Pimps Park and Enfield Playing Fields, following our commitment to invest in our parks and introduce more cafes. Expressions of interest will be out for tender soon. The new cafes would need to be opened after converting existing disused or dilapidated structures at the park, such as toilets and changing rooms, in a commercial uh, brochure promoting the catering opportunities and inviting bids, the council says business uh, says bustling parks offer the future opportunity for cafe provisions. Because the cafes would require significant building work to take place at, at this stage, the council is only seeking to hear from interested parties rather than encouraging financial bids and it is likely the council would need to provide investment itself. At Enfield Playing Fields, which is very well used at, uh, by local sports clubs with its many pitches for football, rugby and even baseball, the council says it wants the central pavilion block to be converted to provide much-needed hospitality to those using the playing fields, such as families, clubs and all those enjoying the space. In addition, the commercial brochure seen by the dispatch includes tenders for council-owned cafes that are in continuing operation at Dugdale Arts Centre and Enfield Town Library, both run by EN Food and at Forty Hall Estate. This does not necessarily mean the current operators would leave. The council spokesperson said, we are further introducing more opportunities for local businesses and entrepreneurs by advertising opportunities at Dugdale Arts Centre, Enfield Town Library and Forty Hall, helping our local uh, economy further. Regarding the recovery of lost rent at the foreclosed cafes, they added the council is unable to comment on any legal proceedings with regard to the previous operator. And now a feature called Feeding the Community. It's about visitors to the community kitchen service run by Enfield Charity Cooking Champions. And they speak to James Cracknell about how it's helping them survive the cost of living crisis. The soaring price of food in the UK has forced many people to rethink what they buy and perhaps give up some luxuries. But for some already struggling, the impact has been far more severe. At the weekly community kitchen run by Enfield Charity Cooking Champions, dozens of regular visitors benefit from a free hot meal which they wouldn't otherwise be able to pay for themselves. The service is literally a lifeline for these people and some of the stories that they have to tell about their lives are absolutely shocking as I recently found out when I went along last month. Single mum Ruby has been attending the community kitchen in Ponder's End for around a month and she told me she was always counting the pennies since the price of everything has gone through the roof. When I asked for an example of what she was cutting back on, however, I was taken aback by Ruby's answer. I used to buy bread, she said, but I can't afford it now. 
Fruit is also expensive for me as well. Ruby explains that she hasn't turned her heating on at her home for more than two years and that her daughter, age seven, would likely go hungry if it weren't for the free school meals. Because some people now cannot afford to turn on their oven, Cooking Champions launched its community kitchen last year as a way to help visitors turn cheap ingredients into healthy hot meals using the cooking equipment provided at St. Matthew's Church in South Street, Ponders End. Another visitor is Emma. The mother of two says that despite her husband having stage four kidney failure, forcing him to quit his career in the NHS, he has been repeatedly denied access to personal independent payments from the Department for Work and Pensions. I wrote on Facebook about how we were struggling and Cooking Champions founder Claire messaged me about the community kitchen. It's amazing here. The people have made me feel so welcome. They didn't make me feel like a failure. Emma also struggles with health issues and says her family can only afford to buy essentials. Like Ruby, they manage without heating in the winter. We just use blankets, she tells me. Sometimes we take the kids to my parents after school as it's warmer there. I'm dreading winter. When you have two kids, they don't understand why it's cold. You feel like a failure. It's horrible. Paula, another regular visitor, can't speak highly enough of the community kitchen. The service is exceptional. They are friendly and thoughtful and the meals are exquisite, she says. Sometimes it is hard to find nutritious food. I've had to cut back, so I am thankful for this place. Retired coach driver David agrees. Cooking Champions is absolutely brilliant. I have so many friends here, he says, adding, you go into the supermarket and it's 50p more on this and 50p more on that. And then what you buy is getting smaller as well. Another visitor who asked not to be named tells me he stopped buying crisps. It was my one vice, but I had to cut back on it. I don't eat three meals a day anymore, I just survive on two. While most food banks require referrals from designated services such as the local council or the NHS, Cooking Champions is far easier for people to access and does not turn anyone away, even when the demand has risen fourfold. It enables those who might not be eligible for other food banks to get what they need. The Community Kitchen is an additional service launched by following the feedback from some, users, from some users that they couldn't afford to cook at home because the cost of electricity and gas has soared. As it became apparent from the stories I heard on my visit, it has quickly become essential for many people, but Cooking Champions was sadly forced to close for, close for eight weeks this summer when the funding ran out. Fortunately, thanks to a successful crowdfunding appeal, the Community Kitchen returned in September and is now fully funded through until the end of the year. It was so hard having to close for eight weeks and tell people they couldn't come, founder Claire Donovan told me.
It has been an achievement to run it for a year, but there are challenging times ahead. We see every day how people benefit, whether it is from the meals, the cooking lessons, or the socializing. It is a real community hub. It is very, very much a community hub, and the idea of it not being here is really worrying. Now, the community kitchen at St. Matthew's Church runs from 12 p.m. until 1.30 p.m. every Thursday. To make a donation to the crowdfunding campaign, please visit gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash to Zump's Community Meals. And now we have a short article from the Enfield Independent uh, regarding recycling in Enfield. And it says here, more people in Enfield recycling, early figures indicate. Council chiefs in Enfield are forecasting an uptick in the borough's recycling rate amid ongoing efforts to boost awareness of the issue among residents. Provisional figures indicate the proportion of household waste recycled in Enfield was 34.2% in 2022-23, up by 3.3% on the previous year. A report by Civic Centre Bosses states that Enfield is expected to have a higher recycling rate than the six other boroughs that form part of the North London Waste Authority. That's Barnet, Camden, Hackney, Haringey, Islington and Waltham Forest. These boroughs are forecasting an average reduction of 1.8%. Although the official figures have yet to be published, the report states that the percentages are unlikely to change significantly. Homeless families stuck living in hotels for 14 months. An Enfield family remained stuck living in a hotel well over a year after they were made homeless when their house was destroyed by fire. The Rembakowski family declared themselves homeless with Enfield Council after their Palmer's Green bungalow was destroyed by a blaze in August 2022. Their plight was first reported by the dispatch in Enfield in April rather when they were living at Enfield Travelodge but they have since been moved to three different hotels in the last 6 months. Peter Rembakowski who is disabled now lives with his wife Magda and two sons aged 15 and 20 in two rooms at a hotel near the M1 motorway which they were moved to last month after previously being replaced by the Council Travelodge Hotels in Whetstone and Boreham Wood over the past summer. The Council told the family they were not a priority for social housing, despite Peter's disability, and is advising them to search for a new home in the private rental sector. But Peter told the dispatch they can only afford one-bedroom properties even outside London, and that many of these unsuitable because he uses a wheelchair. Being forced to move to hotels outside the borough has also created problems with accessing local services, especially Alan, who has struggled to restart his education. Magda works as a housekeeper in central London and now has a very long commute, while Peter was forced to give up his career in carpentry after his accident which left him in a wheelchair just a few months before the house fire. They are trying to push me into a private sector, Pete explained. 
and I received an email from them saying I don't need emergency accommodation and I was found not to be in priority need for social housing. I'm looking everywhere for properties, but with my income, they say I can only get a one-bedroom flat. How can I live there with my whole family? I'm looking outside London because it's cheaper, but it is still not cheap enough. I tell the estate agents I have a wheelchair and we have a German shepherd, and then they don't accept me. After growing increasingly frustrated with his treatment by the council, Peter visited Enfield Civic Centre in October, accompanied by journalists from BBC London, The Guardian, GB News, as well as The Dispatch. The council subsequently offered him his first ever face-to-face meeting with the housing officer later that week. However, Peter and his family remain living in a hotel at time of going to press, coming up to 15 months since they were made homeless. A council spokesman said, Enfield Council is committed to enabling everyone to access a stable, secure and decent home and to minimise the use of temporary accommodation. In this case, we are exploring a number of avenues to find the Rembakowski family suitable accommodation, including the private rented sector. Unfortunately, the supply of adapted or adaptable homes is extremely limited and exceptionally difficult to acquire. We have agreed to maintain weekly contact with Mr Rempakowski and will continue working with our housing providers and partners to secure suitable accommodation at the earliest opportunity. The Rempakowskis are just one of hundreds of families placed in hotels this year by the council amid a spike in homelessness, with Enfield now having the highest no-fault eviction rate in London. And here we now have an item about how to get help this winter with Citizens Advice Enfield. Citizens Advice Enfield, along with the British Gas Energy Trust, are working to ensure residents are not left in the cold over the winter months. They are offering advice, energy-saving tips, and for those on prepayment metres, fuel vouchers to help residents get through the winter. The cost of living crisis is putting many families under a lot of strain. Citizens' advice predicts that by the end of this year it will have seen 26% more people in need of help with energy debt compared to 2022. The charity says the number seeking help for energy debt has more than doubled in four years. The British Gas Energy Trust, which supports organisations such as Citizens Advice Enfield by providing voucher schemes, funding for debt advice and financial capability workshops, has supported more than 29,000 individuals and advice-giving organisations with £6.2 million worth of grant funding. Residents may not be aware of different benefits and grants that are available to them. Advisors can research to see what may be available to those already on benefits or individuals struggling financially. Dealing with money issues can sometimes be off-putting, but it's surprising what solutions may be available. If you are struggling, they can check whether you qualify for breathing space, which holds action to recover debts for up to two months. 
Citizens Advice Enfield is working with community groups across the borough providing workshops to help raise financial awareness, providing residents with knowledge, resources and tools to help with budgeting and debt income maximisation, staying safe online and managing money through challenging times. They also provide one-to-one training sessions. A project funded by the GLA, Citizens Advice Enfield work with partners in the borough to open up access to advice. Sessions are held in libraries, St Monica's Church and Community Centre and All People All Places. If you need help this winter, then please call the advice line on 0808 278 37837. I'll read that again. That's 0808 278 37837. And this is a story about an increase in people accessing Enfield Council's children's services. Struggling families seeking council help, increasing people turning to authority. Enfield Council has seen a significant increase in the number of people accessing children's services uh, as families come under strain from the cost of living crisis. The number of people uh, contacting the council's safeguarding partnership for early help to support the children and prevent issues from worsening jumped by 56% year-on-year in 2022-23 to 3,299, a report reveals. This led to a 28% increase in the number of referrals from 479 to 513. The Safeguarding Partnership worked with 1,256 families, up by almost two-fifths on the previous year, There were also increases in the number of looked-after children and those with a child-in-need plan. The figures are set out uh, in the Enfield Safeguarding Children's Partnership Annual Report, which was presented to the Cabinet meeting on October 18th. The report states that living conditions are particularly difficult with the cost-of-living crisis being a real difficulty for many families across our borough. It adds the additional pressures have impacted upon the lives of children within our borough with an increase of referrals. Abdul Abdullahi, Cabinet Member for Children's Services, told the meeting there have been a significant increase in the number of children accessing children's services, adding that the rise in contacts had put additional pressure on resources. The report sets out uh, progress against the safeguarding partnerships' three priorities, physical abuse, child and child abuse and anti-racist practice. It includes details of work with schools and health providers to help them identify risks and tackle problems such as serious youth violence. Rick Jewell, Cabinet Member for Environment, quizzed colleagues on Operation Engage, which aims to prevent offending and reduce serious youth violence by working with young people in police custody. Officers and the programme helped young people to change their lives when they're, at most, when they're at their most vulnerable and can also help to identify those who are being criminally exploited. 
Under further questioning, they revealed some youngsters were already known to the safeguarding partners. The report was approved by Cabinet members and will now be sent to the Cabinet to a meeting of the full Council for approval. And now an article about Enfield smokers least willing to give up. Enfield smokers are the least willing in England to give up the habit, according to a new analysis. NHS data for 152 areas in England between April 2022 and March 2023 was analysed by Go Smoke Free. It considered which areas were most interested in quitting smoking as determined by the number of people who had set a quick date per 100,000 smokers in each local authority area. The research found that the Wirral has the highest number of smokers looking to quit with 8,299 out of every 100,000 smokers in the Merseyside borough reporting to have set a quick date. Stockton-on-Tees ranks second with 7,564 and Hackney ranks third with 7,551. However, Enfield was found to be the area with the least desire to stop smoking, with only 109 smokers per 100,000 reportedly setting a quit date. Go Smoke Free also considered which areas were most successful at quitting smoking as ascertained by the number of people who had reported that they had quit during a four-week follow-up, with Enfield again faring very badly. Warrington was found to be the most successful at quitting smoking in England, with an 84.24% success rate as 1,026 out of 1,218 smokers who set a quit date through NHS Stop Smoking Services, reported that they had kept off the fags at the four-week follow-up. But Enfield has the second lowest success rate at 19.23%. Only 10 out of 52 people set a quit date in the borough, reporting that they had quit at the four-week follow-up. Go Smoke Free's analysis used, to, used statistics on NHS Stop Smoking Services in England between April 2022 and March 2023 from NHS Digital. Local authority areas were ranked based on the number of people setting a quit date per 100,000 smokers. A number of local authorities were omitted from the final rankings where data was unavailable or not comparable. And now, time for some sports news. Uh, firstly, uh, from the Enfield uh, Independent, Enfield Town Boss pleased by reaction. Enfield Town Boss Gavin McPherson was pleased by the reaction of his players as they romped to a 6-3 win over Hashtag United in the Isthmian League Premier Division. After six away games in all competitions, 
Town returned to home turf and produced a second-half goal blitz to move up to third in the table. And McPherson gave his men credit following their 4-0 defeat at Lewes a week earlier. At half-time, I gave them a bit of a rocket because they were not doing what they were supposed to do, he told the club website. We were far too deep and far too strung out between the various units, which allowed Hashtag to pass the ball through our lines. But I'm not surprised how they reacted, because there are goals all over this team. It's the reverse of last week at Lewes when I held my hands up. We're a management team who know what we're doing, and once the players came with us today, we looked like a different side. Having said that, they were, they were deflated to concede those last two goals. Our standards have to be there from first minute to last, but, we're enter- but we've entertained the fans, and I'm delighted about that, because we've been up and down a bit in recent weeks. Reese Beckles Richard, Richards opened the scoring on 28 minutes with a fine strike, after being played through by Obi Anyagawa, who was making his first start. But Greg Halford levelled from the penalty spot after the restart, when Reese Forster was adjudged to have impeded Misa Jamali. Marcus Wiley restored Town's lead four minutes later with a superb shot inside the far post, and Sam Young's headed home on the hour. Josh Kia produced, uh, sorry, pounced on a poor back pass by Matthew Wardridge and was then fouled by the defender to win a second penalty, which Young's duly converted. And Wiley smashed home a 35-yard drive on 86 minutes for an early goal of the season contender, before a fine team move ended with Dylan Agel Hersey crossing for Young's to complete his hat-trick. Jamali replied for the visitors, before town old boy Percy Kangjabeni netted from 25 yards to complete the scoring. After a midweek derby at Wingate and Finchley, Finchley, town travelled to unbeaten leaders Hornchurch on Saturday and then visit North Greenford United for a Middlesex Senior Cup tie on Tuesday. And here's a sport update for you Spurs fans out there. Um, Spurs loses legal battle to over tower block plans. Tottenham Hotspur FC has lost a legal battle over plans for a huge regeneration scheme opposite its stadium. Spurs mounted a judicial review of the High Road West scheme, the largest regeneration project in Haringey's history, over its impact on local heritage and the safety of crowds attending the club's ground in Tottenham High Road. The scheme, drawn up by Harringay Council and development partner Lendlease, had approved by the Council Planning Subcommittee in July 2022. It involved building up to 2,500 homes in blocks up to 29 storeys high on sites to the west of Tottenham High Road. The council says it will provide a range of public benefits, including parks, commercial space, a new library and hundreds of social rent homes. But the plans have already been heavily criticised by residents whose homes and businesses will be bulldozed to make way for the scheme. In its legal challenge, Spurs claimed the council had failed to lawfully assess the heritage impacts of the development on North Tottenham Conservation Area 
and listed buildings at sites where the club already has its own house building plans. This is known as the goods yards and the depot. Spurs claimed council officers had misled planning committee members about extra crowd control burdens it would face. Spurs also alleged the legal agreement and planning conditions failed to secure measures deemed necessary to provide for the safe movement of crowds. But in a ruling handed down on Wednesday, October the 18th, following a hearing earlier in the month, High Court Judge excuse me, High Court judges dismissed the claims, saying that the heritage impacts were lawfully identified and were outweighed by the substantial public benefits which the scheme would deliver. He said that the council had reviewed material on crowd safety, sought advice from an independent expert and lawfully provided an overall mechanism where the key stakeholders would work together acting reasonably and consulting key stakeholders, including the police. The Justice added that planning committee members were not misled. Documents provided by the land lease and the council stated that the situation for stadium crowds would be improved following constructions. Now Spurs declined to comment. And now for some rugby news from the Independent newspaper. Enfield Ignatian's second 15 made light of the muddy conditions to score a decisive 40-14 to win at Southgate in their merit table clash on Saturday. The visitors ran in six tries in the local derby via Ewan Rennie, Nathaniel Clark, Tom McDougall, Frank Antwi, Louis Selick and Wes Warren, five of which were converted by Sam Barnes. Key to Ignatian's success was a fast start as slick handling from the likes of Ben Roper and Antwi set up Rennie early on, with the visitors going further ahead by adding two further tries in quick succession. Although in the driving seat, first half knocks to Rennie and the experienced Phil Tucker forced them off the field, with the visitors deferring to the bench as Warren moved across from the back row to cover at centre. They also lost Tom McDougall in the second period. Both sides proved error-prone in the conditions, but Ignatians continued in the ascendancy for the most part, although they were under the cosh for a 15-minute spell in the second half when Southgate's big ball carriers threatened to cause carnage. The pounding of the rock by the hosts did yield a couple of converted tries, but it was Ignatians which had the final say after Warren went over. Prop Ken Carroll said, We were smartly out of the traps and scored our first three tries in the opening 15 minutes. Both sides made mistakes, and although under the cosh in the second period, we defended, for the main, quite well. It was great that some of our club stalwarts were able to answer the call and we were welcomed some new faces, including a parent from the junior section. Ignatian's first team entertainment fellow strugglers, Dutchworth in a Counties 1 Hearts-Middlesex clash at Donkey Lane on Saturday. Both sides have won and lost five of their first six matches this season to sit above only basement boys Hampstead. 
And just beside that article is a great photograph of Owen Farrell, who's beaming, wearing his bronze medal, which he won at the Rugby World Cup in France. Farrell converted tries by Saracens club mates Ben Earl and Theo Dan and added four penalties in a 26-23 win over Argentina in Paris before South Africa's 12-11 final triumph over New Zealand. And still with rugby, we look at uh, the development of Enfield's talent in rugby. Enfielding nations developing rugby talent at every level. John Landall on how the borough's top rugby club is helping grow the game locally. Enfielding nations continues to fly the flag for community rugby and in addition to fielding two senior teams and being home to burgeoning youth and girls rugby sections, we're all, we also pride ourselves on being a source of talent further up the game. Mark Donaldson who played for the club in the 1970s, went on to be capped for the All Blacks, while the Sanders brothers, Phil and Dennis, both had respective spells at Wasps and Saracens. Ben Mills, the former Ignatians first-team hooker, also successfully represented Cambridge University in their 15-10 win over deadly rivals Oxford University in the varsity match at Twickenham in March. Enfield is home to a large Cypriot community and Ignatians provide players for the island's rugby team which ply their trade in the European Conference, one south. Indeed, the Fires brothers, Hadi and Fadi, were ever-present in the squad which won two of its four games with the highlights being wins against Slovenia, 56-7 and previously unbeaten Hungary, 35-17. Four Ignatians... Four Ignatians players also trained with the Cypriot Barbarian squad at Altrincham, Cheshire, uh, in the summer and are in the mix for places in the away clash against Malta in November. The youth section at the club is in rude health. In addition to mini, minis rugby at the club, also caters for under-13s, 14s, 15s and 16s uh, age ranges. The under-15s were in fine fettle recently scoring uh, a 40-36 to 36 win over Twickenham in their opening league game. Just as pleasing is the fact that girls' rugby has gained in popularity. A total of 40 players are currently registered with the club and our age bands split over two years, ranging from under-12s up to under-18s, with players mainly recruited from local schools. Explaining the club's commitment to girls' rugby, head coach Tom Mann said... We advertise in secondary schools, support a primary tag tournament every year, hold girls' recruitment sessions at, rugby at the rugby club, uh, run sessions at St Anne's, AIM, that's Access Instructional Materials, and uh, local primary schools. Uh, elaborating on many positives, he added, it's great the way our girls go about playing and training. They are a tight bunch who look after each other, get on really well and respectful, hard-working and good fun. And now some notices about events happening in the borough, starting with Enfield Choral Society's Autumn Concert. That will be on Saturday, the 11th of November at 7.30pm at St Mary Magdalene's Church, Windmill Hill, Enfield, EN27AJ. 
the programme for the Choral Society's concert will include Leonard Bernstein's Chichester Psalms, as well as pieces by Benjamin Britten. Tickets are £15, £14 in advance, £7 for students under the age of 25. Call 07864061755 or email for tickets at tickets at Enfield Chorus Society or one word dot org dot uk or visit Enfield Chorus Society dot org dot uk or one word. Next, we have a notice from the Chicken Shed. And this year, the Chicken Shed presents the Toymaker's Child, running from the 22nd of November until the 13th of January at the Chicken Shed, Chase Side, Southgate, N14, 4PE. The tickets are from £10, and you can visit chickenshed.org.uk for more information. Next, we have a notice from Mum's Inquire. Mum's Inquire is singing some great songs from your favourite musicals, gospels, 80s ballads, 90s R&B and obviously Disney. And I'm sorry if you don't like Disney, you just can't join in. So, Mum's Inquire are uh, meeting on Mondays 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at St. Stephen's Church Hall, Park Avenue, Enfield, EN1, 2BA, and then on Monday evenings at 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Enfield Baptist Church, Cecil Road, Enfield, EN2, 6TG. Now, they do have a free, set, a free taster session, and then after that, it is £17 a month. So you can go on their website, mumsing, one word, dot vocallysound.co.uk. I have a notice here also from Refashion and Reuse Social. And this is an evening of sewing where you are encouraged to focus on altering and mending secondhand or worn clothes to create something that can be that something that can become a favorite once again, like turning some old jeans into a fabulous bag and adding some embroidery detail to a boring sweatshirt or perhaps restyling a frumpy skirt to make it your own. Bring along anything you want to work on and share your ideas with this creative and like-minded group in a very friendly working place. So this is held on every Tuesday between 7 and 9 p.m. and it is called Stitch... And you can find these at number two, Hazelwood Lane, Palmer's Green, N13 5EX. And call 07903 614 726 for further information. Well, sadly, we have reached the end of our programme for this week. Thank you for listening. So, from me... Dem and the team of Catherine, who sadly had to disappear with a sore throat, Roz, Denise, Angela, Bambos, and Hass on the controls. It's 
And uh, a special thanks to uh, Enfield Southgate MP Bambos Sharalambos, who read tonight without any preparation at all whatsoever and kindly gave up his time to, uh, to join us and volunteer. And uh, we'd be more than pleased to welcome him back at some point in time, perhaps for as a special guest reader at one of our seasonal specials later in the year. Who knows? Um, so please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position, and return it to us as soon as possible, in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app, or listening to us on your smart speaker by saying, Play Podcast, Enfield Talking Newspaper. And don't forget, you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899... 854582. That's 07899-854582. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again, all being well, in one week's time. <laughs>